Hello. Welcome to this special edition of Walking in the Word. Um, my name is Shel Wagner. I'm so glad you came to join me. I am currently reading through the book of Isaiah. We're going to start today uh, with part seven in this series with chapter 30 of Yeshayahu or Isaiah. And um, I, I hope that you're enjoying it. We're looking at a message from Yahweh Zavaot unto his people. And um, that's why we're looking at it. We're looking at the day of Yahweh. Yom Kippur is just a few days away for um, 2022. So we're looking at uh, how this applies for that. So anyway, I'll get to it. <laughs> All right, let me add it to the stream. And let me change this around a bit. There we go. All righty. Isaiah Chapter 30. What sorrow awaits my rebellious children, says Yahweh. You make plans that are contrary to mine. You make alliances not directed by my Ruach, thus piling up your sins. For without consulting me, you have gone down to Egypt for help. You've put your trust in Pharaoh's protection. You've tried to hide in his shade. But by trusting Pharaoh, you will be humiliated, and by depending on him, you will be disgraced. For though his power extends to Zone and his officials have arrived in Hanes, all who trust in him will be ashamed. He will not help you. Instead, he will disgrace you. This message came to me concerning the animals in the Negev. The caravan moved slowly across the terrible desert to Egypt. Donkeys weighed down with riches and camels loaded with treasure, all to pay for Egypt's protection. They travel through the wilderness, a place of lionesses and lions, a place where vipers and poisonous snakes live. All this and Egypt will give you nothing in return. Egypt's promises are worthless. Therefore, I call her Rahab, the harmless dragon. Now go and write down these words, write them in a book. They will stand until the end of the time as a witness that these people are stubborn rebels who refuse to pay attention to Yahweh's instructions. They tell the seers, stop seeing visions. They tell the prophets, don't tell us what is right. Tell us nice things. Tell us lies. Forget all this gloom. Get off your narrow path. Stop telling us about your Holy One of Yasharel. <clears throat> this is the reply of the Holy One of Yasharel. Because you despise what I tell you and trust instead in oppression and lies, calamity will come upon you suddenly like a bulging wall that bursts and falls. In an instant, it will collapse and come crashing down. You will be smashed like a piece of pottery shattered so completely that there won't be a piece big enough to carry coals from a fireplace 
or a little water from the well. And this is what the sovereign Yahweh, the Holy One of Yashorel says, only in returning to me and resting in me will you be saved. In quietness and confidence is your strength. But you would have none of it. You said, no, we will get our help from Egypt. They will give us swift horses for riding into battle. But the only swiftness you are going to see is the swiftness of your enemies chasing you. One of them will chase a thousand of you. Five of them will make all of you flee. You will be left like a lonely flagpole on a hill or a tattered banner on a distant mountaintop. So Yahweh must wait for you to come to him so he can show you his love and compassion. For Yahweh is a faithful Elohim. Blessed are those who wait for his help. O oh, people of Zion who live in Yerushalayim, you will weep no more. He will be gracious if you ask for help. He will surely respond to the sound of your cries. Though Yahweh gave you adversity for food and suffering for drink, he will still be with you to teach you. You will see your teacher with your own eyes. Your own ears will hear him. Right behind you, a voice will say, this is the way you should go whether to the right or to the left. Then you will destroy all your silver idols and your precious gold images. You will throw them out like filthy rags, saying to them, good riddance. Then Yahweh will bless you with rain at planting time. There will be wonderful harvest and plenty of pasture land for your livestock. The oxen and donkeys that till the ground will eat good grain, its chaff blown away by the wind. In that day when your enemies are slaughtered and the towers fall, there will be streams of water flowing down every mountain and hill. The moon will be as bright as the sun and the sun will be seven times brighter like the light of seven days in one. So it will be when Yahweh begins to heal his people and cure the wounds he gave them. Look, Yahweh is coming from far away, burning with anger surrounded by thick rising smoke. His lips are filled with fury. His words consume like fire. His hot breath pours out like a flood up to the neck of his enemies. He will sift out the proud nations for destruction. He will bridle them and lead them away to ruin. But the people of Elohim will sing a song of joy like the songs of the holy festivals. You will be filled with joy as when a flutist leads a group of pilgrims to Yerushalayim, the mountain of Yahweh, to the rock of Yasharel. And Yahweh will make his majestic voice heard. He will display the strength of his mighty arm. It will descend with devouring flames, with cloudbursts, thunderstorms, and huge hailstones. At Yahweh's command, the Assyrians will be shattered. He will strike them down with his royal scepter. And as Yahweh strikes them with his rod of punishment, his people will celebrate with tambourines and harps. Lifting his mighty arm, he will fight the Assyrians. Topheth, the place of burning, has long been ready for the Assyrian king. The pyre is piled high with wood. The breath of Yahweh, like fire from a volcano, will set it ablaze. Chapter 31. What sorrow awaits those who look to Egypt for help? 
trusting their horses, chariots, and charioteers, and depending on the strength of human armies instead of looking to Yahweh, the Holy One of Yasharel. In his wisdom, Yahweh will send great disaster. He will not change his mind. He will rise against the wicked and against their helpers. For these Egyptians are mere humans, not Elohim. Their horses are puny flesh, not mighty Ruachs. When Yahweh raises his fist against them, those who help will stumble and those being helped will fall. They will all fall down and die together. But this is what Yahweh has told me. When a strong young lion stands growling over a sheep that is killed, it is not frightened by the shouts and noise of a whole crowd of shepherds. In the same way, Yahweh Zavaot will come down and fight on Mount Zion. Yahweh Zavaot will hover over Yerushalayim and protect it like a bird protecting its nest. He will defend and save the city. He will pass over it and rescue it. Though you are such wicked rebels, my people, come and return to Yahweh. I know the glorious day will come when each of you will throw away the gold idols and the silver images your sinful hands have made. The Assyrians will be destroyed, but not by the swords of men. The sword of Elohim will strike them and they will panic and flee. The strong young Assyrians will be taken away as captives. Even the strongest will quake with terror and princes will flee when they see your battle flag, says Yahweh, whose fire burns in Zion, whose flame blazes from Yerushalayim. Chapter 32. Look, a righteous king is coming and, and honest princes will rule under him. Each one will be like a shelter from the wind and a refuge from the storm, like streams of water in the desert and the shadow of a great rock in a parched land. Then everyone who has eyes will be able to see the truth and everyone who has ears will be able to hear it. Even the hotheads will be full of sense and understanding. Those who stammer will speak out plainly. And that day, ungodly fools will not be heroes scoundrels will not be respected for fools speak foolishness and make evil plans they practice ungodliness and spread false teachings about yahweh they deprive the hungry of food and give no water to the to the thirsty the smooth tricks of scoundrels are evil they plot crooked schemes. They lie to convict the poor, even when the cause of the poor is just. But generous people plan to do what is generous, and they stand firm in their generosity. Listen, you women who lie around in ease, listen to me, you who are so smug. In a short time, just a little more than a year, you careless ones will suddenly begin to care. For your fruit crops will fail and the harvest will never take place. Tremble, you women of ease. Throw off your complacency. Strip off your pretty clothes and put on burlap to show your grief. Beat your breast in sorrow for your bountiful farms and your fruitful grapevines. For your land will be overgrown with thorns and briars. Your joyful homes and happy towns will be gone. The palace and the city will be deserted and busy towns will be empty. 
Wild donkeys will frolic and flocks will graze in the empty forts and watchtowers until at last the Ruach is poured out on us from heaven. Then the wilderness will become a fertile field and the fertile field will yield bountiful crops. Justice will rule in the wilderness and righteousness in the fertile field. And this righteousness will bring peace. Yes, it will bring quietness and confidence forever. My people will live in safety, quietly at home. They will be at rest. Even if the forest should be destroyed and the city torn down, Yahweh will greatly bless his people. Wherever they plant seed, bountiful crops will spring up. Their cattle and donkeys will graze freely. Chapter 33. What sorrow awaits you Assyrians who have destroyed others but have never been destroyed yourselves? You betray others, but you've never been betrayed. When you are done destroying, you will be destroyed. When you are done betraying, you will be betrayed. But Yahweh, be merciful to us, for we have waited for you. Be our strong arm each day and our salvation in times of trouble. The enemy runs at the sound of your voice. When you stand up, the nations flee. Just as caterpillars and locusts strip the fields and vines, so the fallen army of Assyria will be stripped. Though Yahweh is very great and lives in heaven, he will make Yerushalayim his home of justice and righteousness. In that day, he will be your sure foundation, providing a rich store of salvation, wisdom, and knowledge. The fear of Yahweh will be your treasure. But now your brave warriors weep in public. Your ambassadors of peace cry in bitter disappointment. Your roads are deserted. No one travels them anymore. The Assyrians have broken their peace treaty and care nothing for the promises they made before witnesses. They have no respect for anyone. The land of Yasharel wilts in mourning. Lebanon withers with shame. The plain of Sharon is now a wilderness. Bashan and Carmel have been plundered. But Yahweh says, now I will stand up. Now I will show my power and might. You Assyrians produce nothing but dry grass and stubble. Your own breath will turn to fire and consume you. Your people will be burned up completely like thorn bushes cut down and tossed in a fire. Listen to what I have done, you nations far away, and you that are near, acknowledge my might. The sinners in Jerusalem shake with fear. Terror seizes the godless. Who can live with this devouring fire, they cry. Who can survive all this all-consuming fire? Those who are honest and fair, who refuse to profit by fraud, who stay far away from bribes, who refuse to listen to those who plot murder, who shut their eyes to all enticement to do wrong. These are the ones who dwell on high. The rocks of the mountains will be their fortress. Food will be supplied to them and they will have water in abundance. 
Your eyes will see the king in all splendor, and you will see a land that stretches into the distance. You will think back to this time of terror, asking, where are the Assyrian officers who counted our towers? Where are the bookkeepers who recorded the plunder taken from our fallen city? You will no longer see these fierce, violent people with their strange, unknown language. Instead, you will see Zion as a place of holy festivals. You will see Yerushalayim, a city quiet and secure. It will be like a tent whose ropes are taut and whose stakes are firmly fixed. Yahweh will be our mighty one. He will be like a wide river of protection that no enemy can cross, that no enemy ship can sail upon. For Yahweh is our judge, our lawgiver, and our king. He will care for us and save us. The enemy's sails hang loose on broken mast and useless tackle. Their treasure will be divided by the people of Elohim. Even the lame will take their share. The people of Yasharel will no longer say, we are sick and helpless, for Yahweh will forgive their sins. Chapter 34. Come here and listen, O nations of the earth. Let the world and everything in it hear my words. For Yahweh is enraged against the nations. His fury is against all their armies. He will completely destroy them, dooming them to slaughter. Their dead will be left unburied and the stench of rotting bodies will fill the land. The mountains will flow with their blood. The heavens above will melt away and disappear like a rolled up scroll. The stars will fall from the sky like withered leaves from a grapevine or shriveled figs from a fig tree. And when my sword has finished its work in the heavens, it will fall upon Edom, the nation I've marked for destruction. The sword of Yahweh is drenched with blood and covered with fat, with the blood of lambs and goats, with the fat of rams prepared for sacrifice. Yes, Yahweh will offer a sacrifice in the city of Basra. He will make a mighty slaughter in Edom. Even men as strong as wild oxen will die. The young men alongside the veterans, the land will be soaked with blood and the soil enriched with fat. For it is the day of Yahweh's revenge, the year when Edom will be paid back for all it did to Yasharel. The streams of Edom will be filled with burning pitch and the ground will be covered with fire. This judgment on Edom will never end. The smoke of its burning will rise forever. The land will lie deserted from generation to generation. No one will live there anymore. It will be haunted by the desert owl and the screech owl, the great owl and the raven. For Elohim will measure that land carefully. He will measure it for chaos and destruction. It will be, claimed, be called the land of nothing, and all its nobles will soon be gone. Thorns will overrun its palaces. Nettles and thistles will grow in its forts. The ruins will become a haunt for jackals and a home for owls. Desert animals will mingle there with hyenas, their howls filling the night. Wild goats will bleat at one another among the ruins, and night creatures will come there to rest. 
There the owl will make her nest and lay her eggs. She will hatch her young and cover them with her wings, and the buzzards will come, each one with its mate. Search the book of Yahweh and see what he will do. Not one of these birds and animals will be missing, and none will lack a mate, for Yahweh has promised this. His spirit will make it all come true. He has surveyed and divided the land and deeded it over to those creatures. They will possess it forever from generation to generation. Chapter 35. Even the wilderness and desert will be glad in those days. The wasteland will rejoice and blossom with spring crocuses. Yes, there will be an abundance of flowers and singing and joy. The deserts will become as green as the mountains of Lebanon, as lovely as Mount Carmel or the plain of Sharon. There, Yahweh will display his glory, the splendor of our Elohim. With this news, strengthen those who have tired hands and encourage those who have weak knees. Say to those with fearful hearts, be strong and do not fear for your Elohim is coming to destroy your enemies. He is coming to save you. And when he comes, he will open the eyes of the blind and unplug the ears of the deaf. The lame will leap like a deer and those who cannot speak will sing for joy. Springs will gush forth in the wilderness and streams will water the wasteland. The parched ground will become a pool and springs of water will satisfy the thirsty land. Marsh grass and reeds and rushes will flourish where desert jackals once lived. And a great road will go through that once deserted land. It will be named the highway of holiness. Evil-minded people will never travel on it. It will be only for those who walk in Elohim's ways. Fools will never walk there. Lions will not lurk along its course, nor any other ferocious beast. There will be no other dangers. Only the redeemed will walk on it. Those who have been ransomed by Yahweh will return. They will enter Yerushalayim singing, crowned with everlasting joy. Sorrow and mourning will disappear and they will be filled with joy and gladness. Chapter 36. In the 14th year, of King Hezekiah's reign, King Sennacherib of Assyria came to attack the fortified towns of Yehuda and conquered them. Then the king of Assyria sent his chief of staff from Lachish with a huge army to confront King Hezekiah in Jerusalem. The Assyrians took up a position beside the aqueduct that feeds water into the upper pool near the road leading to the field where cloth is washed. These are the officials who went out to meet with them, Elikim, son of Hilkiah, the palace administrator, Shebna, the court secretary, and Joah, son of Asaph, the royal historian. The Assyrian king's chief of staff told them to give this message to Hezekiah. This is what the great king of Assyria says. What are you trusting in that makes you so confident? 
Do you think that mere words can substitute for military skill and strength? Who are you counting on that you have rebelled against me? On Egypt? If you lean on Egypt, it will be like a reed that splinters beneath your weight and pierces your hand. Pharaoh, the king of Egypt, is completely unreliable. But perhaps you will say to me, we are trusting in Yahweh, our Elohim. But isn't he the one who was insulted by Hezekiah? Didn't Hezekiah tear down his shrines and altars and make everyone in Yehuda and Yerushalayim worship only at the altar here in Yerushalayim? I'll tell you what, strike a bargain with my master, the king of Assyria. I will give you 2,000 horses if you can find that many men to ride on them. With your tiny army, how can you think of challenging even the weakest contingent of my master's troops, even with the help of Egypt's chariots and charioteers? What's more, do you think we have invaded your land without Yahweh's direction? Yahweh himself told us, attack this land and, and destroy it. Then Elikam, Shebna, and Joah said to the Assyrian chief of staff, Please speak to us in Aramaic, for we understand it, understand it well. Don't speak in Hebrew, for the people on the wall will hear. But Sennacherib's chief of staff replied, Do you think my master sent this message only to you and your master? He wants all the people to hear it, for when we put this city under siege, they will suffer along with you. They will be so hungry and thirsty that they will eat their own dung and drink their own urine. Then the chief of staff stood and shouted in Hebrew to the people on the wall, listen to this message from the great king of Assyria. This is what the king says. Don't let Hezekiah deceive you. He will never be able to rescue you. Don't let him fool you into trusting Yahweh by saying, Yahweh will surely rescue us. This city will never fall into the hands of the Assyrian king. Don't listen to Hezekiah. These are the terms of the king of Assyria. The king of Assyria is offering. Make peace with me. Open the gates and come out. Then each of you can continue eating from your own grapevine and fig tree and drinking from your own well. Then I will arrange to take you to another land like this one, a land of grain and new wine, bread and vineyards. Don't let Hezekiah mislead you by saying Yahweh will rescue us. Have the Elohims of any other nations ever saved their people from the king of Assyria? What happened to the Elohims of Hamath and Ar Arpad? And what about the Elohims of Seraphim, Ser Safarvaim? Did any Elohim rescue Samaria from my power? What Elohim of any nation has ever been able to save its people from my power? So what makes you think that Yahweh can rescue Yerushalayim from me? But the people were silent and did not utter a word because Hezekiah had commanded them, do not answer him. Then Elikim, son of Hil Hilkiah, the palace administrator, Shebna, the court secretary, and Joah, son of Asaph, 
the royal historian, went back to Hezekiah. They tore their clothes in despair and they went in to see the king and told him what the Assyrian chief of staff had said. Chapter 37. When King Hezekiah heard their report, he tore his clothes and put on burlap and went into the temple of Yahweh. And he sent Elakim, the palace administrator, Shebna, the court secretary, and the leading priest, all dressed in burlap, to the prophet Isaiah, son of Amaz. They told him, this is what King Hezekiah says. Today is a day of trouble, insults, and disgrace. It is like when a child is ready to be born, but the mother has no strength to deliver the baby. But perhaps Yahweh, your Elohim, has heard the Assyrian chief of staff sent by the king to defy the living Elohim and will punish him for his words. Oh, pray for those of us who are left. After King Hezekiah's officials delivered the king's message to Isaiah, the prophet replied, say to your master, this is what Yahweh says. Do not be disturbed by this blasphemous speech against me from the Assyrian king's messengers. Listen, I myself will move against him and the king will receive a message that he is needed at home. So he will return to his land where I will have him killed with a sword. Meanwhile, the Assyrian chief of staff left Yerushalayim and went to consult the king of Assyria, who had left Lachish and was attacking Libna. Soon afterward, King Sennacherib received word that T King Turkhaka of Ethiopia was leading an army to fight against him. Before leaving to meet the attack, he sent messengers back to Hezekiah in Yerushalayim with this message. This message is for King Hezekiah of Yehuda. Don't let your Elohim in whom you trust deceive you with promises that Yerushalayim will not be captured by the king of Assyria. You know perfectly well what the kings of Assyria have done wherever they have gone. They have completely destroyed everyone who stood in their way. Why should you be any different? Have the Elohims of other nations rescued them, such nations as Gozan, Haran, Rezef, and the people of Eden who were in Tel Asar? My predecessors destroyed them all. What happened to the king of Hamath and the king of Arpad? What happened to the kings of Ser, Safar, Vaim, Hina, and Eva? After Hezekiah received the letter from the messengers and read it, he went up to Yahweh's temple and he spread it out before Yahweh. And Hezekiah prayed this prayer before Yahweh. Oh, Yahweh Zavaot, Elohim of Yasharel, you are enthroned between the mighty cherubim. You alone are Elohim of all the kingdoms of the earth. You alone created the heavens and the earth. Bend down, O Yahweh, and listen. Open your eyes, O Yahweh, and see. Listen to Sennacherib's words of defiance against the living Elohim. It is true, Yahweh, that the kings of Assyria have destroyed all these nations, and they have thrown the Elohims of these nations into the fire and burned them. But of course, the Assyrians could destroy them. 
They were not Elohims at all, only idols of wood and stone shaped by human hands. Now, O Yahweh, our Elohim, rescue us from his power. Then all the kingdoms of the earth will know that you alone are Yahweh, our Elohim. Then Isaiah, son of Amos, sent this message to Hezekiah. This is what Yahweh, the Elohim of Yasharel, says. Because you prayed about King Sennacherib of Assyria, Yahweh has spoken this word against him. The virgin daughter of Zion despises you and laughs at you. The daughter of Yerushalayim shakes her head in derision as you flee. Whom have you been defying and ridiculing? Against whom did you raise your voice? At whom did you look with such haughty eyes? It was the Holy One of Yasharel. By your messengers, you have defied Yahweh. You have said, with many chariots, I've conquered the highest mountains. Yes, the remotest peaks of Lebanon. I have cut down its tallest cedars and its finest cypress trees. I have reached its farthest heights and explored its deepest forest. I have dug wells in many foreign lands and refreshed myself with their water. With the sole of my foot, I, stepped up, I stopped up all the rivers of Egypt. But have you not heard? I decided this long ago. Long ago, I planted, and now I am making it happen. I planned for you to crush fortified cities into heaps of rubble. This is why their people have so little power and are so frightened and confused. They are as weak as grass, as easily trampled as tender green shoots. They are like grass sprouting on a housetop, scorched before it can grow lush and tall. But I know you well, where you stay and when you come and go, I know the way you have raged against me. And because of your raging against me and your arrogance, which I have heard for myself, I will put my hook in your nose and my bit in your mouth. I will make you return by the same road on which you came. Then Isaiah said to Hezekiah, here's the proof that what I say is true. This year, you will eat only what grows up by itself, and next year you will eat what springs up from that. But in the third year, you will plant crops and harvest them. You will tend vineyards and eat their fruit. And you who are left in Yehuda, who have escaped the ravages of the siege, will put roots down in your own soil and grow up and flourish for a remnant of my people will spread out from Yerushalayim, a group of survivors from Mount Zion. The passionate commitment of Yahweh Zavaot will make this happen. And this is what Yahweh says about the king of Assyria. His armies will not enter Yerushalayim. They will not even shoot an arrow at it. They will not march outside its gates with their shields, nor build banks of earth against its walls. The king will return to his own country by the same road on which he came. He will not enter this city, says Yahweh. For my own honor and for the sake of my servant David, I will defend this city and protect it. That night, the angel of Yahweh went out to the Assyrian camp and killed 185,000 Assyrian soldiers. 
When the surviving Assyrians woke up the next morning, they found corpses everywhere. Then King Sennacherib of Assyria broke camp and returned to his own land. He went home to his capital of Nineveh and stayed there. One day while he was worshiping in the temple of his god, Nisroch, his sons, Adramelech and Sherezir killed him with their swords. Then they escaped to the land of Ararat and another son, Esar Shaddon, became the next king of Assyria. Oh, all right. Well, we got through quite a few chapters there. Um, let me see how I can get my mouse back. All righty. Uh, so we finished up chapter 37. The next time I come back, we'll start with chapter 38. I hope you guys are enjoying this. Shalom. Day and night and night and day, the living creatures give their praise. 